The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the hosts and the guests. Hello, and welcome to Two Millennials One Podcast. I'm your host, Abby Richmond. And I'm Ethan Gable. And we're here for the final episode. Episode 52. Before we give you our final podcast, I guess you can still subscribe. Yeah, for sure. You can share this archive because now it's no longer an updated situation. It's an archive of files. Absolutely. So there will be 52 episodes of this floating on the internet for you to binge at any point. You could start now and watch one at the beginning of every week. Yeah, and just be a year behind on all topics. Yeah. So definitely subscribe. Still share it. Still put it out there. Also, if you have subscribed already, do not unfollow. Do not unsubscribe because this is an active link. And who knows? Maybe episode 53 will roll out in five years. Maybe we're all in 100 years. Finally, a programming note. I recorded this final episode in two sessions. So in the middle of this episode, if it feels like it has just transitioned to a different group of people, that's because it has. What's going on, Abby? It's been a while since I've seen you. It's been like three weeks or four yeah. weeks since you've been on an episode. How's life? Um, Life is so good. I'm back at college. I'm back with all my friends and it's been a good life so far. I'm only a week into classes, but... It's a pretty nice setup this year. So, so far, the new year, new Abby has been going going well? Yeah. Very nice. So, it's been a year. What was our first episode on? It was on politics. Just the vast subject of politics? Yeah, we set up the recorder, and we started with just the political state of the country currently, and we ended on prison reform. Mm, it was mm-hmm. like 45 yeah. minutes of just everything, and Jerry's in there cleaning the whiteboard. With one mic. Oh, yeah, we were on one mic, weren't we? Yeah. Man, we've come a long way. That's wild. With our own little studio now. and Yeah, we've moved up three mics and a mixing board and actual equipment. And Th- a theme song. Yeah, things have changed. Absolutely. I'm proud of us. I remember we did get a second episode recorded in the one mic scenario before we got shut down by the administration the high school dance episode oh yeah that we had to post later yeah we actually kept it and ran it in a week that we couldn't make an episode so that worked out well it's also kind of trash in the audio quality department it was really bad that was three people speaking in a mic at that point so (laughs) shout out to Rhea we definitely have upped our game in the time since yeah I thought we were done because we got the cease and desist order while we were recording that and I was fuming. I was really mad. Yeah. I think that that's one thing that we've learned throughout the journey, I guess, is to be more creative. On the workarounds? Yeah. For sure. Because then, yeah, right after that, after we got shut down and regrouped, we went through basically online recording. Yeah. You would go to Truman, I think, for a while, right? Yeah. I would go to the media lab at Truman and work on the teaching recording devices there. Yeah. And we would basically, it was essentially Skype. We'd Skype in with each other and it would record our episode, download the two audio tracks and merge them into one. And that was our podcast. We'd run into like fidget spinners and fans and... For sure. And squeaky chairs and just noises we couldn't control, people talking. Or I remember probably around the 10th or 11th episode. I can't remember which one for sure, but we had an issue where we couldn't get the internet to work. Oh my gosh. Do you remember yeah. all that? And we had to record an episode three times the before we finally episode. got it. Yeah, the whole thing failed. Yeah. And we ended up getting up at five in the morning. I believe you were at your house at this point, and I was sitting in where you were sitting now, and we're Skyping at five in the morning trying to get this episode done. 
That was garbage. That was garbage. Getting it moved back into the same room was such a good thing. Yeah. It's given me anxiety just thinking about how many times the internet would go down while we were recording or we'd have to stop for 20 minutes so we could get you logged back on somehow or like my internet would go down. Those were nightmare sessions. That was the worst. Oh my gosh. I remember just absolutely hating life because we were so close to the end and then it all failed. They got so rehearsed and I just felt like... Yeah. What episode was that where we had said the same things over and over and over again because it wouldn't take. Was it the Mandela Effect one? It might have been. It was right around there. Mandela Effect or maybe the one about music. Oh, it was it was the music one because Ian came downstairs and started talking about milk or something. Yeah, because it was so early in the morning. That's the one it was. <laughs> yeah. I remember everything we were saying back and forth was literal. <laughs> it was like a script at that point because we had rehearsed it so many times. Ironically, that is one of our most listened to episodes. So yeah. Maybe that helped. But yeah, around episode 20, we were able to move it back in at least the same room. We started recording in my living room, and we moved it to an actual studio room. What would you say was your favorite episode that we did? My favorite to record or my favorite to listen to? Let's go both, actually. Let's start with the recording. Um, my favorite to record was probably the food episode. It was fun to like have so much adventure in one episode. Yeah, because we actually traveled to a store. That was the most... <laughs> different podcast we did i'm pretty sure where we actually went and like obtained materials we were like using a microwave during the episode that and probably the ouija board episode as far as just like (laughs) yeah different things that we did for sure i also really like to listen to even though i'm not on a whole lot of it the uh interview with the white supremacist episode is good and oh i really really loved the last straw that's one of my favorite episodes all the way around that's the one where i turned it over to you i think listeners know i do the outline writing (laughs) and then you roll in and we just talk about the topic usually but i tasked abby with that one 100 said you're doing this and you came up with a really good episode i was really excited about it yeah i've heard a lot of praise for that one and that's the one too where we contacted hy-vee about their straws and their all that plastic crap that they utilize and we actually heard back from them i posted it on our facebook page and we got a really nice letter about how the manager of our hy can't just unilaterally make a change like that, but he is talking to corporate office about reducing their single-use plastics in Hy-Vee gas station and the store. So we yeah, did some, yeah, some activism there in our little podcast. So that was pretty cool. That's kind of cool to have a lasting effect. No doubt. Or maybe. I guess I don't really know. Yeah, but. we'll see how that all pans out. I would echo some of those too as far as my favorite episodes. The one we did with the white supremacist, one of the scariest things I've done for sure, calling that dude up and letting him talk to me. I think I mentioned it in that episode, but he spoke to me for over an hour and I played all of like two minutes of it in that episode. We got a lot of hate from that on the internet. I don't know if we ever circled back to that on the podcast, but... I've never, yeah, I've never looked at any of the further comments. Yeah, people were roasting us hard on that. They were really salty that... That, uh, we didn't play the whole interview, but A, I'm not going to because that's not what the podcast was about, and B, it would just disappoint anyone that listened to it because it is absolutely filthy. Let's talk about the things that we weren't able to do. I wanted to talk to the dancing rabbit people that oh, comment the out there. Village. Yeah. I actually have a girl in my sorority who's been. Two there? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I really wanted to have someone on the show from there, but they didn't return my interview request, so that was a real bummer. Maybe they don't have a computer. (laughs) They have a website, so I assume they have some way to check their email, like go to the library when they're in town. That's a fair point. We never did the uh, introduce 
two strangers one. And make them read the 40 questions to yeah. fall in love. Yeah, we really dropped the ball on that one. Man. We also made an offhand remark that said if we made it to 50 episodes, we'd create a musical episode. Oh, man. And I'm happy we dropped that ball. That would have been insane to pull off. That would have been so hard. Very hard. We never connected a YouTube channel. That's true. Yeah, we really didn't follow through on some things we talked about. I mean, if we really wanted this to blossom, there are ways that we could take it. For sure. The YouTube component is a very popular avenue to get your podcast out there. See, good mythical morning. Do you think the podcast allowed you to do anything that you probably wouldn't have been able to do otherwise? I think that it's just really improved my speaking skills, period. Because most of the time I have trouble formulating coherent thoughts when I'm talking, especially when it's in front of people or that it's going to be forever. Like when I would do interviews for the news and things like that, I always seemed flustered or the newspaper for sports and things like that. So I think that this has helped me not be so nervous and just get the words out anyways, even if it sounds lame. I remember the paw print, the high school's newspaper, when they did an article on some podcasts and they interviewed you for that and you said the podcast allowed you or forced you anyway to develop more cohesive arguments and Mm -hmm. consider counter arguments and the whole idea of a debate, even though we don't really debate on this show. But I remember hearing praise from other people about you because of that, just Aww. like your growth as a human because of this, like putting yourself yeah. out there and stuff, which I thought was really cool. Things that I could have done, like I got to interview that lady from YouTube on episode mm-hmm. 49 or whatever, Carrie Wedler, which without this vehicle of a podcast, if I just contacted her, like she'd slid in like, her DM, she'd be like, what? No, she wouldn't even respond, you know, but I had a podcast that you can Google. So she treated it just like any other interview request and came on the show, which that's awesome. Like, again, I couldn't have done that if we weren't 50 episodes into some podcast. That's wild. Shade got a voice. I'm sure she can start something incredible herself, but... Absolutely. But it will be cool to say that Shade Shorten's first podcast interview or media interview, whatever, was on our show because she obviously has a huge career ahead of her. Watch her become president. That would be insane. We had the president of the United States on our podcast. I typed up all of the song picks of the week put that on the Facebook because there are some people that hate Spotify. All that's to say, I believe our most requested artist in the song pick of the week was Taylor Swift. That's so funny. How basic are we? That's terrible. (laughs) For two people that pride themselves on alternative and emo and whatever music, Taylor Swift was the leading artist on our playlist. Anna Grace ruined our playlist with Kids Bob. And Sean Mines ruined our playlist with the three hour (laughs) or Zelda soundtrack. But I mean, it's cool because when you listen to the soundtrack and that crap shows up, like I immediately am taken back to that moment. There's some random stuff on there too. It's mostly our guests. And I'm not talking ill of these people at all. No, no. Anytime like some old 60s song comes on, like, oh, that's probably Sean. (laughs) Or some Jesus music. like Or Kids Bop. Yeah, that's some stuff that doesn't necessarily belong, but... I think it's cute. Like, you can tell who's who. Yeah, and it, it provides a flavor. I mean, if you truly left it to you and I. Granted, I'm impressed with some of the stuff, like Taylor Swift, there's some like fifth harmony on it, but just you and I, I feel like that'd be a very depressing, yeah. monochromatic <laughs> soundtrack. So It definitely would all, it wouldn't be much of a mixtape Absolutely, playlist. Yeah, it'd just be the normal playlist of here are the 50,000 songs that all kind of sound the same. Yeah. 
Do you feel that you have any future ambition to podcast or media or anything like that? Yeah, I actually really kind of want to get a show on the college radio station. I think I would love to DJ a radio show. On old KTRM? On KTRM. You should. And I feel like they should just give you one. You have experience hosting a show. I wonder if I'll have to interview or maybe I can just send them a link to this and be like, let me play you my music. Yeah, you should. All right. For just the craziest experience ever, I am in the room right now for the very last podcast with Sean Mainz. Hello, hello, hello. Resident co-host at all times, the dude I'm like, hey, I need someone here in four minutes. To blabber. To blabber because the episode comes out tomorrow. (laughs) He would always be here. He's in the room as well as episodes 50 all-star, Abby Ranson. It's me. And Abby Ranson's mother. Hello. Linda Ranson, which is just awesome. You did it. How how did you get this all into one room? (laughs) Honestly, I just made a facebook event and i sent one to linda ranson and she (laughs) said yes i'm coming and i said i hope that's real and it was it was well i'm skipping my grandmother's 90th birthday to be here so that's not actually true it was canceled because of the snow (laughs) i appreciate that uh you gave up on grandma temporarily to come visit (laughs) and call her say farewell to two millennials one podcast This has been a real pleasure. I'm happy to everyone that has contributed to this. And I think the people in this room are probably the ones that have helped or care the most. I know uh, (laughs) Linda Ranson listens. (laughs) Bailey's sitting in the corner and she's listened. And Sean listens and appears on almost all of them. So it's a good group. (laughs) At least Um, in spirit. I listen. Cool. Thank you for the inclusion. And Abby Ranson, of course, (laughs) listens. I apologize for missing that. And she was a guest. Sean, question to you. What would you say was your favorite episode that you participated in? Ooh, that I participated in? Oh, favorite how? I'm a qualifier guy. All right, the one that made you feel most fulfilled. Well, <laughs> uh, religion too. <laughs> for its length. And like, it actually was like fulfilling to me. I learned a lot yeah, about you, myself. Yeah, you do hold the distinction of appearing on the longest Two Millennials One podcast episode. I think it's the two longest, if I'm not mistaken. I think the second part of the parties one held the record until the 70-minute epic. I think you're right. They're very nice. <laughs> I think it just means I talk a lot. I don't know if I have anything to say, though. <laughs> I'll turn the question to you, which will be a worthless question, but Abby, what was your favorite episode? To be on would probably be episode 50, Gen Z, my only appearance until this point. Do you feel that you were robbed that you did not get to appear more than once? I feel like it would have been cool to appear, but I did my doing. You did. Did you hear any, I don't want to say backlash or anything from the podcast you appeared on, but did you hear anything at all from it from the people that listened? Well, I didn't share on anything, and neither did my mom, because I bashed a lot of our family on it, (laughs) so she didn't feel like she could do that. So I haven't really gotten a lot of feedback, but my dad said that it was good, so there's that. Linda, you are an avid listener. I was reminiscing on the story earlier of you pulling up to picking your son up from a cross-country meet and opening the car door, and I hear my voice coming through your car stereo, which shows that you are a dedicated listener. What would you say was your favorite episode, if you could pick one, of Two Millennials, One Podcast? As I had mentioned, I kind of wanted to make a list of things I had to say about issues and topics somewhere along the line, but I have an original, in its original box, Ouija board. Do you really? 
Absolutely. It's in my basement. Do you get it out often and try to conjure <laughs> the dead? I think we've only used it once. You're not supposed to play it in your house. Is that so? <laughs> yeah, like you're, you're only supposed to like play it in public places and I think not in a graveyard, but not in your house. And you can't like burn it or try and get rid of it because it'll like show back up. I played with it right here where we're sitting. I can see it. <laughs> yeah, it's actually under the table, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're not supposed to do that. Well, good to know. <laughs> I enjoyed that episode more than I thought I would as well. I was impressed that you listened, honestly. Well, I was so interested. I was like, well, you know, I don't need to listen to that. But then I was like, no, you're going to make a run. You're going to listen to all these episodes. And I did. And I was really disappointed. And I think <laughs> I was super bummed that like spirits didn't start tormenting you. Not that that was my hope. Sure. No, I mean, it kind of should have been <laughs> Although, my hope. It kind of would have been cool. It would have. <laughs> if I got put in place and like the rest of my life is terrible and clocks are spinning and stuff and things are burning spontaneously, that would have served me right. That was a fun episode. I agree. That was a fun one to make, even though nothing, nothing happened. Let's talk about Backlash, since I have you here. We were talking earlier as well about the cake comment from the public education episode. As you hold a piece of cake, ironically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just going to take a piece of that <laughs> and eat it on the air. I offended a lot of people with that comment. I thought it personally was hilarious, but that's the problem with podcasts. You don't get any give and take. You can't read somebody's faces. They're getting really pissed off at you about it. Wait, so does this mean, since you got backlash for saying that about the education system, that like our administrators listen to this? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Well, they at least used to. Well, wow. <laughs> I would just like to say, because probably some of these people that we did offend will listen to this one, since it's the death knoll, you know, and it's like, this is it. Honestly, meant no, no offense by any of those comments or anything, but, you know, we're trying something. I think I think that's the cool part of this, is like, you were trying something new, and I think it was great. You know, just the fact that people were talking about it, whether they liked it or not, sometimes you just need to have a conversation about something. And so if this created that for people, then then that's good. Yeah, for sure. We got people talking, definitely. I mean, a hallmark of the episodes that you appeared on, every single one of them ends with a call to like, hey, go talk to your neighbor, be more receptive and open and have opinions and share them, but do it kindly and be positive. Everything we got in trouble for was pretty innocuous at the end of it, but... I feel like, but, you know, because we weren't intending, you know, we're not shock jocks or inflammatory. I don't think. Maybe we are. The other side of that is being a non-millennial. You got to realize that those are the people who are taking issue with some things that the millennials are discussing as issues. And so because they have those drastically differing opinions, that's what puts that bar under their saddle. They don't think like millennials because not only are they not millennials, some of them don't even have millennials in their homes. That's an interesting insight for sure. Mm. I appreciate hearing that. I'm short-sighted in the millennial sense that I think everyone cares about the same things and clearly not. If you go back far enough, yeah, you guys definitely probably think it's weird that we get on here and talk about some of the things we do. And it's just that you know, I guess we don't have millennials in our house either. No. We're on, we're on either side of it. But as my kids get lumped into that, still on that cusp, they get lumped into that. And I can see how people who were to my senior, that they would not necessarily appreciate some of the take, either side of the take on some topics. Yeah. yeah. I've now switched to eating <laughs> Tide Pods. Very delicious. Thank you. No, but I think that's completely fair. 
some of the flack that we got was definitely coming from that previous generation of Xers or even borderline boomers. Let's not pretend boomers know how to work a podcast. (laughs) Sorry, Dad. (laughs) Who won't listen to this. Did your parents or your family members listen? I know that you are a different animal compared to some of your family members. Oh, man. <laughs> but did yeah. they ever ever tune in to any? Not that I know of. I don't know. Like, I, I would share them, but I don't know that they knew what to do with the link. You know? As far as, like, clicking it? Yeah, and weirdly, like, I mean, my brothers would. I've got a brother that's two years older than me, a proud Gen Xer. Super pumped he's not a millennial and then I've got a brother two years younger than me actually he's like 18 months younger than me but yeah as far as I know they never did listen at least they didn't care to talk about listening yeah we tried hard to get my older brother on the show as the conservative voice yeah to the point where I was like exchanging text messages with him he didn't want to do it no like to his credit like he would be putting his words into the hands of a person he didn't know we tried though couldn't ever get that conservative voice on here yeah i thought about secretly recording him at christmas <laughs> then like a surprise podcast drop <laughs> yeah like ah, i got you i got you on there anyways yeah missouri law you only need one person privy to the recording so there you go we're covered <laughs> just go to rosie's cafe at seven thirty on a monday morning you got it. No kidding. <laughs> you get some dudes there. They will be a big table of people so upset that they're caring about, you know, fish in the yeah. California rivers. Yeah. I like it. Speaking of podcasts and whatnot, young Abby here, Ranson, to specify, is a very well-spoken young individual. Do you have any plans of launching a podcast career? Not as of right now. <laughs> But Mainz has heavily influenced the idea in my mind where I've thought about it more than just in his class. Before I told a story one time, he told me I couldn't tell it until I got on my phone and recorded myself doing it. You know, other people in class have said, you know, you always walk in here and you always have some sort of story to tell. And I was like, yeah, but I can like force you guys to listen to me because we're sitting right here, but I don't want to make something that people aren't going to listen to because then I'm just going to waste my time. Full disclosure, I would be sitting at my desk in publications class and you would be telling a story and I would be like, teacher voice in my head is like make them do work and private voice in my head is like continue listening to this story like (laughs) so that's why you got to tell so many stories in that class i mean it's a different beast altogether but i am still encouraging that behavior just don't worry she's not at a loss for words ever (laughs) that's a, a perfect skill to have you could take that and record that and not be afraid that no one will listen because people will listen this show's a testament why would someone listen to this in the vast array of podcasts that are out there people do so someone would listen to you too i'm sure any final thing that you want to leave i mean let's address the millennial generation as the beginning of that do you have anything that you want to impart on them as we shut this thing down i'm gonna finally admit that i think labeling generations and pretending that they're different is a bunch of hooey and nonsense (laughs) do you really think that groups of people born like 20 to 30 years apart are not different different in maybe experiences and so that would have some effect on shape but i mean if you're talking about a certain age group what are we at now what's the minimum of a millennial 20 oh age wise yeah yeah so 20 to 37 year olds when they're young they're doing dumb things i mean like my older brother was a gen xer and he tight rolled his z cavarici jeans google that bad boy okay <laughs> like that's dumb been too. there done that <laughs> so 
So the dumb things that the generation do is based on what is available for them to do dumb things with. Every generation, you're just talking about like, oh, teenagers and 20-somethings are doing dumb things. It's the lack of prefrontal cortex development. They just don't have good decision-making skills yet. All right. I'll accept that. <laughs> I, was, I guess I was going more for this cohesive group of individuals that live through like 9-11 and all this stuff and our common bond. But if you want to crap all over that and just address <laughs> how all people are the same, I will accept that. I expect no less than that. That's totally fine. The experiences might be a little different, but everybody's got their experience, you know. So oh, sure. No, um, I, I absolutely agree. The existentialism... Or the dance one? Dance one. At the dance. The music at the dances and all of that. That is exactly your point. You just made the point of all of that. When the kids are trying to pick the music, they're being told, well, you can't dance to that. Really? Did your parents think that you could dance to Bon Jovi? Or did their parents think that they could dance to the Beach Boys or to Elvis? Heaven forbid, his gyrating hips. (laughs) You know, so each generation's parents and the adults supervising that generation of teenagers thought that they didn't know any better and made poor choices. So there you go. And now those people absolutely adore that kind of music looking back. So what Linda and Sean are saying, millennials, is that we are not special. We are like everyone else, which I agree with. I don't dispute. We are like everyone else. We're just another cog in the wheel of people. In defense of your podcast, though, I don't want to crap on the whole thing. I just thought that was funny. (laughs) Sometimes I say things just so he has to edit them out, too. (laughs) That's been a a running joke of mine the whole time. I don't know if you knew that or not. Love it. (laughs) To segue here for a second, yours are the ones that take me the longest <laughs> to edit. You're kind of a rambling man. I do, I do, and I know that he can edit. I always am aware of that, so sometimes it's like, hang on a second. <laughs> no, cut the, rephrase that, yeah, so I'm, I brutalize him in the in the cut room floor. What were we talking about? Not crapping on the, the millennials. Oh, generation. yeah, so the things you're talking about, like the way that the millennials are having to adjust to the world and the society that is around them is so very unique because of the ever-changing and the speed of which things are changing, technology in particular, the economy and all that stuff. So there are unique things about each generation specifically, and I think this podcast has done a great job of identifying those realities and kind of pointing those things out. So props to you. I'll have another bite of cake. Abby Ransom, as a Gen Zer, even though these people don't believe in this, this <laughs> distinction between us as humans, any parting words for the listeners or anything you want to share? I don't really have a lot except, you know, just ELE, take care of the environment, be educated. Stupid people piss me off just a lot of the time. Would you like to take a couple more minutes to roast any more members of your family, <laughs> perhaps? Um, I'm sitting right here. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get the hate. I really enjoyed that episode. I think it's the one I laughed the most at. That's high praise. Good job, Abby. It touches my heart. Yeah. I don't know if the others were meant to be funny. That's fair. You know, the mental health, the suicide. I did not do a lot of laughing on those. That's true. This wasn't a comedy podcast. That's for (laughs) sure. (laughs) So what, what was your favorite episode? You participated in all 52 episodes. You're the only person with that claim. That's true. I have a 52 episode streak going on. Let's break it down to most memorable, like the one that you would remember participating in, most impactful, I think that's different, and then most enjoyable. 
The most memorable, I would probably say, was the episode I did about Seattle, just because that was a really weird one for our podcast here in Kirksville, Missouri. I don't know if the listeners even gave a crap about that, but it was cool for me because I got to talk to two Seattleites that I just met on the internet, and they gave me this crazy information. And I mean, we got a trip out of it, and it was a cool experience. So I'll definitely remember crafting that one. And that took a lot of work just in general, because it was a way different setup than just you and me or Abby and I, or this Abby and I sitting here and talking. Most impactful was definitely the hate episode. That was the number one episode that I heard back from, from people. I was getting emails from people being like, my God, I can't believe you did that. That was really cool. Or my God, what's wrong with you? Or just some of the stuff that was written on the internet about it. Impacts one way or the other. I don't know if it was a good thing or a bad thing, but it, it left an impact. And then... Enjoyable. Enjoyable. Honestly, probably religion too. That made me think. I don't know if it changed anything, but you got me to think. Your arguments were rational enough where I didn't just shut them out, so. Good. Not all Christians are crazy idiots. True. (laughs) Hey, fun story about that. We actually made my pastor's sermon that next Sunday. (laughs) That's awesome. You in particular as the friendly agnostic. (laughs) The friendly agnostic? The friendly agnostic. Yeah, he he told... All the 80-year-old people at our church to listen to this podcast, and none of them knew what it meant that he was saying. You know, but, but he was like, yeah, the friendly agnostic. I'm honored to be mentioned in a church service as a friendly agnostic. That wasn't on my bucket list prior to this, but it is now, and it's crossed off. That's fantastic. All right. This was cool. I never fathomed when starting this on that cold January morning that we'd be here a year later with Linda Ranson, Abby Ranson, Sean Mines around a table talking (laughs) about one year in review. It's been an absolute blast. And I thank all of you for participating and listening. I hope you have had fun joining this show and uh, really appreciate everything that's been done. All right, dude. Do you feel content? Have you said your piece to all of the people that listen? I leave my listeners with a call for action. I want you guys to just keep creating, I guess. I don't really care what it is, but I really think that the world needs some creative minds. And so I know that most of the people listening are people that can do that, that can affect change. That's wholesome. Yeah. I guess what I'll leave... If you're a millennial and you're listening to this, keep fighting the good fight. Everyone's crapping on you, but we're about to inherit the earth. Legitimately, it is at that point where we are about to control things. Abby, the other day, messaged me this picture from her textbook, I believe, Mm -hmm. that was like directly talking to millennials, and I thought it would be a great way to end this show. It says, who are we? The most important answer to that question is you. If you are a member of the so-called millennial generation born after 1982, the future of the nation lies in your hands. To us, that is a comforting thought. Studies suggest that you are, on average, more responsible, harder working, and more law-abiding than the generations that came before. You tend to volunteer more, donate a higher share of your income to charity, and start more entrepreneurial organizations with social impact. You may just be the generation that finally redeems the endless American quest for racial harmony and gender equality. You are also a generation at home in a rapidly changing and diverse world. Our hope is that a new generation will take up the challenge of keeping the Republic by expressing their own voices loudly and clearly while respecting and listening carefully to those of all others. And I think that last part sums up two millennials, one podcast. 
as a whole because that's what we tried to do we tried to be loud yeah. opinionated folks but we tried to be open we had a lot of interesting viewpoints and interesting guests but all around we tried to preach being respectful yeah i think that's an important concept for both of us is that we are both very opinionated people and a lot of others tend to struggle with that they usually see it as i guess loud and like we're better than people but I invite other opinions as well and so I'll listen and I think it's important to understand that others have a voice as well. Absolutely. All right do you have a final and this could be the final of all time song pick of the week? The entire Hamilton soundtrack. Should I pick one? (laughs) Yes yes you should. How about cabinet battle number one? All right. Final song pick. Roy Rogers, Happy Trails. How fitting. If there's a, like, techno... Well, it's not techno. What dubstep version of Happy Trails. Abby, you go ahead and find that. You can put that on there. Perfect. I, however, have had a song pick for months. <laughs> Sir Mix-a-Lot, Buttermilk Biscuits. Okay, Trip by LMA. Do you have a song? I do. I'm going to go with a song called Play Crack the Sky by Brand New. Any final words? Any last sentiments to share with our listeners listeners it's been real and it's been fun has it been real fun i would say so i've enjoyed it all right well stay milky thanks for listening folks this has been a great time one year of two millennials one podcast thank you all for listening thank you all for the support if you own a two millennials one podcast t-shirt keep repping it bye bye (laughs)